Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents. Yes, that's what it is. In the first part, we're going to talk about prayer. In the second part, what in the world happened here? I have no idea. It, it got I to... was fruitful and I multiplied. Chaos. <laughs> it, it got to pizza, but we can definitely promise it's going to be interesting. I got a hypoxia, confused, and arrived here late. Destruction, explosions, pizza. Let me tell you, it's going to be different. Stay tuned. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, I am your host today, Peter Karutz, and uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. We will be in studio live with Father Augustine Weta. Uh, he has written a book recently. Well, you probably know Humility Rules, uh, subtitled St. Benedict's 12-Step Guide to Genuine Self-Esteem. Yeah, Humility Rules. I've had, I've read it, I've given it away. Uh, we have a great story about it. We, he actually showed up here in the studio to do one program on this manuscript that he couldn't get published, and uh, we did one program, and it turned out that we didn't have time to do it. So we uh, made it a series. We did it one. We did one chapter a month for a year or more. In the middle of it, Augustine Press or Ignatian Press, picked it up. Anyway, so now he's on his third book, and his third book is called, third or fourth, I get, I get uh, confused, Pray, Think, Act. So today's program is going to be about prayer. So uh, uh, prayer. Uh, I think we all pray. And if you don't pray, maybe think about it. Why should we pray? I was fortunate enough to have a spiritual director in my adult life for about three years. And I remember going into my spiritual direction and and the first question, how's your prayer life? And I'm like, oh, man, it's great. You know, I say, I, I, I say my rosary every day. I do this, do that. Uh, I go to adoration. How often? Once a week. Okay. What, do you, what do you do in adoration? So I go in. I say my rosary. I do my Lectio Divina. I'm reading this particular book. And... Uh, and boom, the next thing you know, the hour's gone. And my spiritual director just kind of nodded his head. And I said, oh, well, and, and of course I pray, right? And I, I tell, tell, tell our Lord what I need, what I want. I might tell him what I want it done. You know? <laughs> anyway, the point was the hour flies by. He's still nodding his head. I'm thinking, what did I, what did I miss? What did I miss? He takes a deep breath and he says, Peter... From now on, once a week, I want you to go to adoration. I'm getting my notepad out now. And, and, and he says, well, yeah, and you don't have to go to a formal adoration chapel. You can just 
if you happen to be passing a church, go in and and sit down. And I've got my notepad out. I got my pen ready. I say, all right, what went and 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 what? He says, sit down and do nothing. So no, no. What what do you want me to do during these twenty minutes? He said, nothing. I don't want you to pray or read. I don't even want you to come in with the intention to pray. I want you to sit and listen. I thought that was a bit unusual, but I did it, and it was more than a bit fruitful. Father Larry Richards sometimes talks about prayer. He he wrote a great book on prayer. By the way, if you... um, uh, need a good book, go get Larry, Father Larry Richards, any of them, and and maybe think about doing it on audio because he, he, he almost yells at you. He's a great speaker. But this one uh, was on prayer, and he talks a lot about prayer, and he says um, prayer is so important, right? It's God breathing and um, you breathing. In other words, our next breath really is dependent upon God. I said it before. But, you know, in my life, I, I remember a time where I was, um, well, let me put it this way. Uh, think about this. H- have you ever been in danger of drowning? I, I was, at least once, once that I remember vividly. And uh, I was in Mexico. The waves were too high. I went out with my father, and I went too far and too deep, and I got caught uh, by a wave, and then I got drugged down, and it was black. I kept tumbling, and I would get dragged along the bottom, and then I would come up, and then I would get dragged along the bottom. My lungs are bursting, right? My lungs are just bursting. I finally pop up. But before you pop up, think about how desperately a drowning man wants a breath of air. How desperately would you as a drowning person desire a breath of air? And what's breathing do for us? It keeps us alive for a period of time, maybe even a hundred years. But prayer keeps us alive for eternity. So what did I do in this adoration chapel? I did nothing. Um, I, I remember sitting there and I wasn't even kneeling. I was just sitting. And I would look at the tabernacle and sit. (laughs) Um, It was almost like I was looking at God and God was looking at me. Um, But what I realized is what I should realize is I talk too much. I tell God what I need and what I want. And it's good. I should. I really should. But... Sometimes you have to listen to hear God, which means you have to be quiet. Um, But we are starting the program, and um, Father Augustine has not arrived yet, but I know he will. Uh, I usually have him start with a prayer, and I'll tell you what, I am going to save that uh, prayer uh, option for him uh, when he gets gets here. Um, So let me... Let me talk about one other thing. Um, I already talked about the, the breathing thing. 
which is a little bit scary. But when Father Gust and I were talking about this program, I thought, let's, um, let's just talk about what do we mean by prayer. I think it's one of those things that um, are very difficult to understand in contemporary language. Uh, it, I do a lot of expert witness testimony, which means I wind up reading a lot of depositions and trial exhibits. I'm not a lawyer. But it's very common to see prayer in the law. Yeah, I, I said that, pray. And what happens is in a in a petition, I always read the petition because then I know what in the world is being asked for or demanded or defended in the petitions, uh, very prayer-like thing, petitions. And in the beginning or at the end, it'll say something like, here comes the plaintiff so-and-so, and we pray the court to accept our argument or demand. We pray the court. So the word prayer really in Old English means to ask. Uh, in Old English, we might say, hey, I, I, I pray thee to get me a bucket of water. And that got translated into a contraction of Prithee, prithee, pray thee. So praying, praying is asking. And I want to distinguish the, the word prayer in asking, which I do a lot of, from prayer as in worship. I think I got a touch of that when I would sit in a chapel or in a church just being quiet. Uh, also, as Catholics, we talk about praying to the saints and praying to Mary. Let's let's be clear. We are using the old English word prayer as in to ask. We are asking the saints to intercede for us. We're asking Mary to intercede for us. So when we say prayer, we literally are using the old English word praying. We are not worshiping the saints. We are not worshiping Mary. Uh, we're honoring or venerating her. So I think that's one thing that we can all arm ourselves uh, when we talk to our brothers and sisters who are of the Protestant the, uh, the persuasion. We're not worshiping Mary. We're not worshiping the saints. Uh, one of the things as a man I've realized is that I am an extraordinarily good procrastinator. And if I don't put something in my, well, I was going to say calendar, but in my phone now, I don't do it. The latest thing is to go and work out. So Tuesdays and Thursday nights, I put it in the book. I go to work out and almost always I go. Well, that's not true. Half the time I go. But if I didn't put it in the book, I wouldn't go at all. So when we're thinking about prayer, I, I don't think it's any different. We need Certainly as men, women are a little better than this. As men, we really need a time and a place and a thing to do or to find a time for that prayer. We need a time and a place. Now, many people will pray just before they go to bed. Some people will pray before they get up. Um, I do a mixture of it. I go more toward the end of that, 
the thing? What am I going to do? So in my life in the last few years, I say the rosary every day. And I actually say the 54-day rosary. So that means I say 27 rosaries, 27 days for an intention, and then 27 rosaries, uh, 27 days in thanksgiving for God's will. But when do I do it? Generally, I do it uh, when, as soon as I wake up in the morning and I start, I start praying. Uh, I, I, I guess I started that. Um, and I'm not, to be candid with you, I'm not sure it's an appropriate thing to do. I think it is. You know, we're supposed to pray always, right? So if I'm, if I'm lying in bed and I wake up and I, I, I get out of bed and I, you know, head for the bathroom, start brushing my teeth, I'm starting my rosary. Uh, I know I was at uh, St. Joseph's Academy at a golf uh, fundraiser meeting. I was new to the group. I didn't know anybody. And all the fathers uh, organized this golf outing. And at the beginning of it, I said, why don't we, uh, when we gather up for the golf tournament, why don't all us dads get together and say the rosary? And you, you would have thought I was Eddie Murphy. I was as funny as can be. And, and they were having great fun with it. And one guy said, well, the whole rosary? And the chuckles continued. Until one guy at the other end of the table said, well, you know, I say it every day. And another man said, well, I do too. I say it when I get up in the morning. By the time I'm done shaving, I've said the rosary. And, and what happened was more and more people started saying that they do it too. I'm ashamed to tell you we didn't do the rosary at the beginning of that Father's Club um, golf tournament, but we have for eight, nine years now, every first Friday, we say the rosary together. That's a long time. That's a long time. So what am I saying? Find a time and a place to prayer to pray. And I might say a thing to do, right? You, it could be reading scripture. It could be almost anything. So when I would go to adoration, I, I do it differently now, but when I would go to adoration, uh, in the past, what I would do is I would say my rosary, and then I would do Lexio Divina. It, I'm sure we have a we have actually we have two audio uh, programs on Lexio Divina. They're really good. Uh, if you are ever interested in studying Scripture in a more contemplative fashion, then then call us up and ask for a copy of it. Might as well give the phone number now, 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000. Ask for one or both of those, and, and it'll, we'll walk you right through how to do it. But studying Scripture in a contemplative fashion is, is really good. It's, it rem, it, it's reminiscent of this instruction I got to go to church and sit and be quiet, right? Um so let me just first let you know that this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and I think we're going to have Father Augustine in a few minutes, uh, but we are live, and that's what we do on live radio. So anyway, with regard to uh, Lexio Divina, which is a great way to pray, reading scripture is a great way to pray. So let's talk about that for a moment. I, I remember a homily that Arch. Bishop Carlson gave at my parish, and he told us five things to do to improve our spiritual life. I think I can only remember three. One was 
to greet somebody at Mass that you don't know. And I already did that. And then the next thing he said is, start with Matthew, read five verses from Scripture every day, and your life will be changed in a week. Read five verses in Scripture a day, and your life will be changed in a week. I think it might be quicker than that. But that's sort of what Lexio is. Lexio Divina asks us to read maybe one or two verses, not a lot, one or two, um, and you meditate on it, you pray on it. Well, actually, you start with prayer. You, you pray on it, you meditate, you contemplate, um, and uh, there's what I add, and the, the, the CD will give you a lot more instruction on this, but then what I would do, I added a, a, another component. What I would do is I had a little journal, little moleskin journal, and it was small. And I would write a page, one page, no more, so it's very small, on what God spoke to me in that scripture that day in my Lexio. So Lexio is more of a, I know contemplation is, is a component of Lexio. It's a component of that style of prayer. What is eye-opening, um, world-changing, the bucket of water hitting you is what you get out of it. You know, I, I'm intentional with respect to what I'm doing in terms, even in terms of praying. But after you contemplate and read these verses over and over and over, you get to the point where you're hearing what God has to say to you. You're seeing and hearing and experiencing what God has to say to you. Now, let me, let me suggest this. Many, many people say, you know what? I don't have any time. I don't have time to pray. Uh, uh, I don't have time to join a men's group. I don't have time to say the rosary. And I will suggest that time is created when you create time for God. Remember, God exists outside of time. You know, he made it after all. And the irony of ironies is when you pray more, you tend to have more time. Uh, I know that's a bit contradictory, but it's very, very true. So find time to pray. God will find time for you. Contemplate different types of prayer. Petition, right? Praying to the saints, which is meaning we ask them to pray for us. Lexio Divina, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and you're going to order a CD about it. We have two. And I think maybe the, one of the most important ones is silent prayer. Uh, when I first met Father Augustine, he had a talk on silence. And what I'm realizing, I think what we all realize in our lives today is that there is no silence. Our, our days are filled with something all the time. And if I were to just be silent here for two or three seconds, it would sound weird. So I'm going to be silent for three seconds. See it? Feel it? 
But that silence gives time for God to talk to us. Silence gives God time to talk to us. That, was, that didn't sound very well. How about silence gives us time to listen to God? One of the things I experienced not too long ago is, well, anyway, you'll, you'll find people who ask you questions about everything, and especially people who have fallen away from the faith. They, they find all kinds of objections, uh, and I don't know that answering those objections can bring them back to the faith, but not answering them probably doesn't do any good either. You know, firstly, of course, we need to love them. And especially these days, we need to invite people back. We'll talk about that in a moment. But here's one objection I got not too long ago. And uh, it was a pretty, pretty good one, I think. I said, well, what is the definition of God? I said, well, God is all good. God is omniscient and immutable and omnipresent. Uh, what does that mean? God, God is the definition of goodness. He is all good. There is no bad. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's immutable. Immutable. Immutable is unchangeable. Uh, remember what uh, God said to Moses in the burning bush. I am who am. God does not change. We do not change God. We cannot change God's mind. Then why, here's the question, then why do we pray? If God is immutable, why do we pray? Let's, let's think about it from a Thomistic standpoint. If, if you or I imagine well, here, let's just do it. Let's everybody imagine an elephant fighting a crocodile, and that elephant is striped like a zebra, and the crocodile is, a, is hot pink. You, you know, you, you can't get the image out of your mind. Striped elephant, hot pink crocodile. But that crocodile and that elephant are no more real than our thought. Now, not to say that our thoughts aren't, aren't real. There is a sense of reality to our thoughts. But in the mind of God, when God thinks of something, it is. Just as we said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He thought it, and it was. So think of that in terms of prayer. Consider that in terms of prayer. If we're praying and we're asking God for something and we know we can't change his mind, then why are we praying? Well, two reasons. The lesser reason is I think that prayer always helps the prayer. By praying to God and getting closer to him, we are actually becoming better people. We are more aligning our will to his. But the greater reason is this. We are in existence today because God has willed it. Our next breath is dependent upon God's will for us to live. In fact, the totality of the universe would cease to exist 
unless God had, would persist in willing it. And as we mentioned before, God does exist outside of time. So in all eternity, God heard our prayer at the moment, to put it in temporal terms, of the creation of the universe, the Big Bang, if you will. God knew us, loved us, listened to us, listened to our prayer. Why? Because he loves us so much. And he took that into consideration at the moment of creation. Hard to imagine, hard to conceive of. Try and reduce it to familial terms. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a father, so I'm, I, I, I reduce it to father and daughter terms. Sometimes I know what my daughter needs before she knows it. Uh, as a young girl and now all grown up, I have two daughters. I have one youngest, one oldest, lost one in the middle. But we, when, when, if they were to ask me for something, if, if it is good for them, I would move heaven and earth to give it to them, to help them, if it were good for them. Uh, I'm probably far from the best father in the world. But think of God, the all-good, the perfect, the omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, all in, in, everywhere, immutable. He loves us so much more than we as parents can love our children. And he knows so much better what is best for us. And as we align our will to his, Again, at the moment of creation of the universe, he knew us. He loved us. Let me put that more in the present tense. He loves us. He knows us. He hears our prayer. He knows what's best for us. And he wants us to be all that we can be. He wants us to be the person he created us to be. He hears our prayer. He hears our prayer. He hears our prayer. So welcome, Father. Welcome. We are just in time to go to break. Of, oh, good. Yeah. Welcome, Father Augustine Weta. And, <laughs> and I see a few other people in here. Bunch and, of little clowns. And we're, we're, we're not going to get a full uh, introduction, so I'm going to point to everybody, and I want you to speak up loudly and tell us who you are. Augustine. Father Augustine. I got in trouble for that once. I'm going to point. You're going to say quickly. Robert Montiel. Benjamin Montiel. John Montiel. Miri Montiel. Robert Montiel. Is that all? And all we can Ted Montiel. We're talking about prayer and, and fatherhood, and look what happened. We're going to be back in about two minutes, and uh, tell your friends to join in. We got something Surprise very guess. interesting coming. <laughs> Stay tuned.
Hi, this is Matt Logaman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Okay. Welcome back to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. We're here with the Montiel family. Montiel family and Father Augustine. Everybody say hi. Welcome for the first time. Oh, look at that. When we were just ending the program, we were talking about how children, that would be you, sometimes ask their dads, that would be him, for something. So, does your dad always give you what you want? No. 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 Definitely not. Well, I thought you had a good Score dad. One for the dads right there. <laughs> I, I thought you had a good dad. Why wouldn't why, If why, why, I were why? your dad, I'd give you anything you want. I was, if I were your granddad, I'd give you everything you want, lots of chocolate, yeah. and send you back. So what? what, what, what as long what, as I don't have to live with you. So why doesn't he give you what you want? Well, because sometimes our requests are unreasonable, and I'm going to admit Who, that. Who's too. What, 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 why, what, why, but it's what you want, right? Right. Sometimes. Sometimes what I want can kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. We have some smart kids here. Anyway, when we just ended the pro- program for the break, we were talking about how God does the same thing, right? He He is this Father who is who loves us desperately and probably loves He loves you even probably more than your dad does. But He will do what is good for you, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, you you all surprised me. I'm glad you're all here. Um, and, uh, uh, Father, just so you know, I did talk about your book a little bit. Oh, good. But not a whole lot. So oh, bad. I'm going to say one thing about it, and then I'm going to turn, oh, turn it over to you, okay? Oh, bad. perfectly right. in my trash can. It was like... Ooh. Just kidding. Just kidding. Ooh, I, have a, I have a good friend who is a professor of Chinese business. Sometimes he speaks Chinese. But he's also um, kind of a amateur scholar of the of the Desert Fathers, and he says, your book is a slow read, and, and I, what he mean, meant by that is, 
read it slowly. Ah, read ah. it slowly. Yeah. Each page time. is good, and I'll tell you the. So you can imbibe my wisdom. That's right, mm. and the the pictures are fantastic. But what he, what he says is, you have taken the Desert Fathers, which are all over the place, and condensed it down to a good way to understand it, contemplate it, exercise it, and put it in prayer. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> it's written for a third grader by a third grader. Just <laughs> by a third grader in heart. No wonder we like it Don't so much. Don't laugh at me. So what do, we, what, what do you want to talk about, Father? Uh, I, I thought it was remember. prayer. I, to be honest, my brain is kind of scrambled. I went on a camping trip with Wyoming Catholic College and at 1,200 feet, my brain decided to rebel. That happens sometimes. Yeah, apparently hypoxia and, and Parkinson's don't fit well together. I recommend so. against it. Yeah, I said stumble. I said mass for them, but I fell over twice while Did I was Did you really? It. Yeah. Oh, wow. Pretty exciting, really. Ooh. And you got to finish it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was pretty keenly aware when I started the consecration that like I was going to have to get through to the end. But anyway, it, it turned out all right. I just I'm, I feel uh, a little out of touch, which is a lot out of touch. Well, good. Then I we'll put you on. Feel out of touch. Then we'll put you on the spot. So, Great. young people, oh, do you, you? That's all you. Do you, Do you have any questions for Father since he's on the spot? Well, well, that's uh, well, I guess I guess there are. Okay, we so already asked so ask. many things. Did you give them a hard already, one? They've already put me on the spot. But now they get one. to put me on the spot in public. There you go. Nice. All right, tell me your name and then and then put them on the spot. Go My ahead. name is Benjamin. come up, come close to the microphone. <laughs> My name is Benjamin Montiel, and I was wondering, Father, what did you do for fun at my age? <laughs> oh, oh, that's his, really his age is good. about eleven. Ten. Ten. Okay. All, all right. I'll tell you what I I can. <laughs> Are we gonna get in trouble? My with mom favorite. Right now? My favorite movie was a movie called Zulu, and I used to organ with. Well, because my dad was a military historian, it's about the Battle of Rourke's Drift, and if you ever get a chance to see it, it's really great. The theme music goes bottom, 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 bum, bottom. Anyway. It's about these, like, 300 British soldiers who are attacked by, like, 4,000 Zulus. Anyway, so I would organize the neighborhood into Zulus and British soldiers, and then we would attack them. And then, uh, and then they built an uh, apartment complex across the way, and they dug a big hole, and we would, it with piles of dirt on both sides, and we would stand on either side. Some guys would be Zulus, and some guys would be British soldiers, and we'd throw rocks at each other. Why did until, we do that when we were little? Until someone got hurt, and then we had to stop. Yeah, uh, we did that, too. All right, question but number... we had no video games when I was your age. Thank so goodness. My first video game was when I was 12, and it was Pong. <laughs> <laughs> question just... number two. Who are you, and what is your question? I'm Robert Montiel, and uh, my question is that, do you think the mass at high altitude was one to remember? <laughs> Well, Roberto, uh, it was one to forget because I don't actually remember much of that mass except that I had a splitting headache. But wait a second, wait a second. I had a, I had a, a retort question for your brother, Al. Ooh. I just hit my head on the speaker. Um, oh, I did it twice. Uh, why is it, why do you want to know what I did at your age? Why does that even matter to oh, you? Oh, how the turntables. Well, oh, sure. that's because... 
I don't want to focus on screen time anymore, and I want something actually fun to do. Oh, so you're gonna throw rocks at Yeah. Well, you know that's a whole nother that's a whole nother world out there without screen time. Well, you, you know when the mic now. We, uh, I'm holding the mic. You're gonna be you're like Mick Jagger now. I'm even older than Father Augustine. And, yeah. Uh, there. Uh, oh, and I played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons. Though you probably shouldn't tell anyone, because some people think that's the devil's game or something. You ever pay, play Pinners or 500? No idea what those are. So, maybe I'm more than a little bit older than it. Dang. Yeah. yeah, we also. I also used to do to hit one of those hoops with a with a stick and write a petty a. What penny those? farthing? A penny farthing. <laughs> For fun. No, I'm joking. I was just trying to think of something that like kids did back, <laughs> back in, in the, the day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I got one for you. You know what? It's, it turns out their cousin was probably at that mass where you passed out. Oh, yeah? yeah. Who's their cousin? Their cousin is Anna. Well, well, you think, yeah, Anna it was all dudes. It was all the dudes? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there you go. But it, but um, so I'm sure she was there in spirit. <laughs> I'm trying to put the microphone. Yeah, back we we, we just destroyed. This is live radio. We just destroyed the uh, microphone just a little bit. Just a little bit. So I will tell you. Let's see, who's twelve? You're who's? You're how old are you? I'm seven. Seven. When my youngest daughter was seven years old. Uh, I I used to well I, up until recently I still had the um, adoration hour at right after mass, and then Father changed the time of the mass. He started it later, and I had to leave mass in order to get the adoration. And I know that's a whole problem thing, but my daughter was seven, and she would come in to relieve me for so I could go to communion. Anyway, so I came back, and she stayed in there with me, and she said to me do you want to say the rosary? And honestly, I didn't know she knew how to say it. But uh, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did. And because of her, my seven-year-old, I've said it every day since. Oh, wow. That's a long wow. time. That's a long time. Yeah. That's Very back long. when there were only three decades. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, right. Right. that's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So are you the oldest? Yes, I am. Oh, and what's your name? My name is Neary. How old are you, Neary? As in I'm... Philip Neary. Yeah, I'm right. um, just about 13. So Just about, not quite? Just, just about, not quite. Yeah. You know, on the edge. Yeah. She's, she's going like, on She 70, is 13, though. but she's practically 85. Yeah. We joke, <laughs> we joke around that I'm um, 13 going on 21. 13 going on 21. Well, you seem very mature. You, you remind me of my oldest daughter. She looks a lot like my <laughs> oldest daughter, actually. But she's always been very mature as well. So... Uh, I know you said you wanted to ask Father Augustine questions, so we, we can do that. Go for Did it. you have one? Um, man, there's so many to here. ask. I don't know. Here, why don't you squeeze in over here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Father Augustine. You can only see the chaos. <laughs> Father Augustine has taken Father apart Augustine. half of the table at this point. <laughs> Father Augustine, do you need help with that? Uh, yeah. I yeah. Think, I, think I would just hang on to it. Okay. So Hail Mary for Put the green thing on there, and then... All right, go ahead, Neri. <laughs> well, I think, like, as, as just a teenager, down. I wanted to ask, what was something really big that helped you discern your vocation? 
Because, like, as a teenager, I'm always looking. Okay, out. okay, I'll tell Since you. Since you never intended to be a monk. <laughs> no, I did not. Well, I kind of did for a little while there. <laughs> um, I think we should give up on that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's give up on give the bracket. Uh, We're just going to ride this one home. <laughs> I'm going to go with a surprise answer. Uh, something that helped me discern my vocation. Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, what really helped was I was unpopular. <laughs> like, okay. like, yeah. and I'll tell you what, that, that there was there uh, at the time I hated it. Like, I like the kids, the popular kids thought I was a total dork and the kids that liked me, I didn't want anything to do with, which was a total, which is sad because the kids I didn't want anything to do with are probably the most interesting kids in the school. Um but what happened was I got a sort of a view of my life and their life that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And it prepared me for, I mean, the fact is, if you're going to be a good Catholic, I got to be honest, kids, this is not going to make you popular. It will not make you popular to be a nice person, a good person. If you want to be popular, be evil. Okay, sorry, okay. but that's that's Noted. just that's a guaranteed way to to get everybody on your side. But um, I I don't even know if that's true. But the point is, because there have been good people who were popular. Like, what about Abraham Lincoln? Of course, they shot him, didn't they? He, he was him. not very popular. What about he was yeah. Mary? When he was younger, he was not the most popular kid around. He, really? Yeah, Abraham Lincoln was like the weirdo. He was the weirdo. Oh. Even when he was elected president, he wasn't elected because he was popular. It's because yeah. they hated the other guys more. And, <laughs> and then why did why did what did he do? He brought the people who he ran against into his administration. Yeah, that's right. So, what about Philip Neri? Was he popular? In he high was school? extremely popular. Well, oh, towards really? the end, he was he was always an odd person to the majority of people because he would he would do odd things to prove his faith. And back then, odd things were looked down on. Yeah. Like so, what odd things? Like shaving half of his beard. Oh, yeah. And singing. Oh, having confessions in a field instead of a church. Oh, yeah. That got him in trouble a that. bunch of times. Why did he do that? Oh, because that's where the people were. Yeah. He would just yeah. walk out there. And the there beard and... was so that everybody knew he was doing penance? No, oh. no, no, no. It was because people I were holding I thought him it was in too high a regard. Oh. And so he shaved off half his beard I... so that they would think he was... An idiot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he definitely he, proved to them that he was. So. Didn't he have a, a, a very famous? Didn't he have a very famous prayer? I think he did. I'm trying to recall what it is. I, it was on the Hail Marys beads. Do you guys remember this? Mm-mm. Oh, this may be a different one that I'm thinking oh, of. What is it? What is it? If if Mary's not helping us, what is she doing? Oh wow! Oh jeez, <laughs> that was what he said on the Hail Mary. Yeah. Oh man, Mary's not Mary's not helping us or watching over uh, us. Well, what is she doing? Well, uh, what I he heard, and you said he was odd. But first off, times. let me let me just get this out here for all those people out there. I think most people probably considered themselves unpopular when they were young. I mean, I did. Most people did. Yeah, and, yeah and, but I really was. Yeah, unloved. yeah, yeah. It was just you, Father. There's it was scientific just evidence yeah. for Father Wedding. Yeah. Yeah. We got I documentation on that. It would make you weep. 
Uh, but but Philip Neary's prayer that I remember, and I know I'll say it wrong, but Father will correct me because he's unpopular. Mm-hmm. He he uh, he's popular now. He's a big big time author. But yeah, it was ever since I was attacked by that shark, I've been popular. Yeah, on on video. So, so Philip Neary used to pray, if I recall. Um, let's see, Father, have mercy on your servant Philip, because without your help. Before the day is over, I will have abandoned you. Something like that. Oh. That sounds yeah. about right. I is think it? it was like, Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah, yeah, I forgot Something the like sinner that. part. Yeah, <laughs> Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. For without your help, before the day is over, I will is would, aban- would have aban- abandoned you. Would have abandoned you, or something like yeah. that. That's yeah. No wonder he's unpopular. He ought to think of more <laughs> cheerful prayers. Oh, yeah, come here, come here, please. Oh, yeah. What's here, your... we have our seven-year-old. First off, tell me your name. Speak right in here. Tell me your name. John Montiel. John Montiel. And I, uh, let me tell you here, I'm going to discern this. You're seven years old. I'm so smart. John, tell, are, you not, are you John or are you Jack? John. John. Well, that's what I thought. So, John, ask Father your question. What's your favorite pizza? <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Right. Well, this, okay, this first on, I'll tell I mean, you what isn't my favorite pizza. I absolutely despise, as I despise the demons in hell, Emo's Pizza. Oh! I'm going to have to listeners. If you're from St. Louis, you love Emo's Pizza, and I have no understanding why, because it tastes like salty... Sludge on a cracker. I've had it. I've had it twice. My first week in St. Louis, I had it. The cheese was too hot, burning the roof of my mouth, and I only had it once since. That's thirty-seven years. But I did. I'm sure it's very good. This is. I know people are going to have to listen to this. This is objectively evil. This is St. Joseph Radio presents. Yes, it is uh, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm here with, uh, I'm your host, Peter Karutz. This is Father Augustine Weta and the Monte- Montiel family. Montiel family. Say, so, yes. Yeah. Hey. And, and the, the program started out talking about prayer, but I think we have gone into some other things. So Pizza. Oh, and my favorite you, pizza, and now I'm going to make myself unpopular again. My favorite pizza is mushroom and onion. What? Agreed. I, I, I like that pizza too. Uh, How about job. we go half and half? Favorite, yeah, good job, yeah. Ben. That is Hawaiian pizza. pizza. Come here. What is Hawaiian pizza? It's pizza with pepperoni and. Does it have people, pieces of actual Hawaiians yes. on it? That's, that's the only reason. Pepperoni it and pineapple? Yeah. Oh, that Hawaiians. sounds great. That sounds great. Boy, if you ever want to divide a room, ask people if they like Provel cheese. Oh yeah, my goodness, yeah. I learned that lesson quick. Yeah, I know what I know what my favorite pizza is. Whatever's right. whatever's hot and in front of me, I love Dang, pizza. All right. oh. Same, yeah. Except for Little Caesars, I can't Super. tell the difference between the cardboard it's in and the pizza it's. All right, let me take a survey. Have you <laughs> see one thing that's different here in St. Louis is compared to Chicago, and maybe it's changing now. I grew up in Chicago. Is we would go out. For, we're cooler than Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. it. We would go out for pizza. We would go to the restaurant, and we would go to have pizza at a restaurant. It's not done as much. Most of it is takeout. Do you ever go to a restaurant to have pizza? I have. Have you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Red Oven Pizza? Red Oven yeah, Pizza? Yeah, I went to Red Oven. Oh, my gosh. Run by homeschool family. 
It's, it's legitimately oh, awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I want the address. I'm going to go. Right. I love pizza. And but, they have gluten-free options that are oh great. Too. Which is good for my wife. So here's the question. Mm. When What's you a went, gluten-free pizza? Is that just, that's just a suh. Like, well, it's a, <laughs> is it just tomatoes <laughs> and goop? So, yeah. so when you went to pizza at the Red, whatever that was, did you all go? Or did you just, they leave some of you in the car? Or did, did you all go for pizza? Sometimes, yeah. uh, they, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they just go on in and grab a pizza. I know. But yeah. if you went in and you sat down and ate the pizza and you're in public, do you say grace? Oh, yeah. All, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Do people time. stare at you? No, sometimes. not usually. But if there's God is meat, let's, let's eat. eat. <laughs> So did, did, oh, did, did you have people stare or come up and talk? There or? was like there was once where like an old lady was like, oh, I noticed you guys are praying. Are you guys like Catholic or whatever? And she was really nice, but it, it's not usually like people are staring at us. It's just like a normal thing we do. Never really thought much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I'll say one thing. When we walk into a restaurant, it's pretty evident that we're Catholic. I mean, we're walking in with seven <laughs> kids. And it's, uh, you know, every now and then we have to say it, but grace gives us away for sure. Right. And one of the things I was going to bring up, and, and, you know, I don't know, but... Hey, Protestants say grace, don't they? I mean, come on. Not the correct one, that is. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. Come here. Yeah, give me a high five. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we're taking down pizza, Protestants. <laughs> Just kidding. Pizza and Protestants. That's and the name of our the, next show. <laughs> you were going to say something. Oh, yeah. So, so here's one thing, is being out in the world, here's the symbol for the world, right? Uh, you know... The Bible says they'll know we are Christians by our love. I think Father Augustine cheats a little because he has his habit that he gets to wear. So my question to my kids on live air is how do people know that you're Catholic even though Ooh. you don't wear a habit? Man, call them out, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say it, definitely one of the signs is because of how many kids we have. But... I think they'll know we're Catholics by our kind of attitude, but more of like our disposition. So if we're especially cheerful, if we're especially kind, if we're especially loving, they're gonna they're gonna automatically think we're either Christian or Catholic or something like that. Mm. And I think that's definitely a really great way to tell, right? Like if you're especially showing love and faith, then they're going to automatically respect you. I think that's and maybe the more the difficult, the more difficult the circumstance, and the more calm and kind you are, the more people will think that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if you're put in a situation that's obviously difficult, and you show like faith and love under pressure, people are gonna automatically see like, oh, this is a really great person. That's under- different. Yeah, that's- it's, it is different. It is, it's. You definitely have to discern a lot, right? People have to be like, they have to see obvious signs. Sometimes people don't like taking clues, right? They like to see the obvious signs. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I think definitely showing love, like my dad was saying, uh, like they'll know your they'll know your faith by your love, and I think mm. that's a huge. Point. And you know what? It is it is awful easy to be nice in easy circumstances. It is right. I mean, when you have the superhero movies, you don't have them over there having pizza at Red Barn or whatever it is. I mean, there is something really <laughs> tough, really difficult going on. And what do they do? They do something extraordinary and out of the ordinary, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's 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 what it is, I think. That's Looks what like it is. Ben's and it, got something, too. But who, ben? Go for it, Ben. Uh, ben. ben? All right. Well, Ben's first, Ben, how old here. are you, Ben? You're 11. I am 10. 10. I keep... 
Aren't you going to be 11 soon? Nope. Oh, all right. <laughs> be 10 if you want to be 10 then. All right, Ben. I think they'll know I'm Catholic from my humble clothes. <laughs> well, I think they're pretty cool. Calling out mom and dad here. <laughs> I think they're pretty cool. I think they're pretty cool. I like your clothes. There's a robot on your every shirt. Month. And every month, he has new holes in his pants. It's like, what the heck? I know. When I was a kid, we went to Catholic school, and we had a uniform, and I would come home, and my mom would say, do you have teeth in your knees? I mean, why? Why? What is that? You know, I got to tell you one thing I do at work that I think is a sneaky way is I say, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say something, and then as a joke, you know, but then, you know, maybe the joke doesn't land, and I'll say, oh, man, I got to I gotta go to confession for that one. <laughs> and they'll know, oh, confession. Or like, I was at Mass with my family this weekend, and this and this and this happened, right? So that's how I sneak it in. I get, I get a sneaky way at my office, too. In my conference room, I have a crucifix that's about three feet high. <laughs> and, and then when we, we have lots of lunches with our, 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 um, our, our colleagues, you know, if it's a birthday, we all go out to lunch. You know, if everyone happened to be in that day, which doesn't happen, we go out to lunch. And we all say grace. I have a sneaky way of showing that I'm a Catholic at work. <laughs> How do you do that, Father? Well, everybody there is just like monks, and we're saying Mass usually. That's or, the or sneaky prayers. way you do it. Super yeah. sneaky. Ah. Oh. We're in a Catholic church. And if you if you look carefully, I'll tell you, I, I have a friend. His name is um, his name is is Tony, and he Tony 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 says we should wear our crosses on the outside, right? And that's, that's a good way to do it. And, oh, yeah. and I'll tell you one thing I do. Whenever I see somebody with a cross or a crucifix, you know, I should say we wear our crucifixes on the outside, I always comment on it. And I don't know, have you seen people, it seems to be very cool now, that where they wear a rosary? Yeah. yeah. I ask them, do you say it? Huh? Do you, you, that's a rosary. Oh, right. Do you, do you yeah. say the rosary? And I'll tell you, about one in three or four will say yes. But the, the, the others who say no, we get to talk about the rosary. Yeah, they, I mean, they're wearing it. They're, they're wearing they're it. Literally asking. Yeah. Well, do you know? Do you know why people started wearing the rosary? Why? Do you ever hear of a? Jeez, this is going to show everyone's age as well. Sting, he's a, a rock star. Okay. The police. The police. He's, he's right. watching you. That's for sure. Anyway, so Sting, <laughs> who is very famous, you. very famous, and he went and had an audience with the Pope, and the Pope gave him a rosary. He put it on. And then everybody else started putting it on. So is it good? Yeah, why not? It gets you talking. Well, right. well, this hour slipped by Wait, from that's us. that's it? That's it. That's it. So bonus half hour coming up soon. I got to squeeze, it. I gotta squeeze in an announcement. Uh, if you know a good woman, a Catholic woman, to be Catholic Woman of the Year, call us at 636. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Every year, 636-447-6000. nominate Mary. If, if you want to learn about Lexio yes. Divina, Ask, call that same number and ask for a um, a tape. And I want everybody to say bye. 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 You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ. Christ 
to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.